0: You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tape Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of whole9sports.com where you can find all of my written work. Now we're back to our normal schedule, release-wise, at least after a weird start to the week. Again, uh, the Florida versus Alabama review and reaction was released on Sunday. Yesterday was a Patrick Young interview, which was a ton of fun to do, and I was starstruck the entire time. Uh, Today's Tape Tuesday, you know, and we're going to start off a little bit different. I know usually I do the first two segments, our tape, and then the final one is something else. Uh, This week, I'm going to start off by breaking down some of the numbers And then we'll get into tape so that people who listen but don't watch uh, aren't excluded immediately. And also, when I'm breaking down tape, I'm going to try to be much more detailed so that people that do still listen to the tape breakdown uh, can kind of not feel left out and kind of Keep track that way. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Please do subscribe to Lockdown Gators' YouTube channel and check out my pinned tweet. Let us know why Florida has the best fans, because watch the game Saturday. Uh, there's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Lockdown SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Lockdown SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And like I said, first, we're going to break down some of the numbers, Um, this one's probably going to be a little bit shorter just because tape review is probably going to be a little bit longer, uh, explanation wise, at least. So starting tape Tuesday, a little bit differently, you know, and here's the first thing I tweeted about it before, because it was just insane to me to see that, uh, Florida's rushing attack. The difference from last year to this year is in like, it's remarkable how different it is. Last year, the Florida Gators had 1,595 rushing yards total through 12 games, 12 rushing touchdowns, and averaged 131.3 yards per game on the ground. This year, we know that Florida's first game was, I believe, their highest rushing total in a week one game ever. Um, 2021 Florida Gators already have 1,021 rushing yards. So through three games, we are just 500 yards behind last year's season total through 12 games. Uh, so we're currently averaging 340.4 rushing yards per game and 11 rushing touchdowns through the season so far. Again, we had 12 in 12 games last year, 11 through the first three games this year. This is a different team. You know, this is a very different team. They get it done in a very different way than we did last year. And honestly, I would kind of prefer it this way if our passing attack was just, 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 a, just a smidge better. I would be like, yeah, this is the perfect way to win games. Last year, the Gators averaged 1.6 turnovers per game. This year, we're at 1.7 turnovers per game, but it feels a lot worse because last year, 0.8 fumbles per game and 0.8 interceptions per game. This year, we have yet to fumble, so it's 1.7 interceptions per game, which... Um, not cool. Like that that's not a fun way to go about things. I mean, I don't know if you'd prefer having a team that fumbles almost once per game, or if you'd prefer a team that throws almost two interceptions per game, but doesn't fumble ever. Um, So that that that's kind of a pick and choose thing either way, turning the ball over pretty much one and a half times per game, which is very similar to what we did last year. So not a huge difference in the turnover region, uh, which again, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'd prefer interceptions because usually you're turning it over further downfield and you're able to make tackles Or if you fumble odds are it's a running back or a quarterback and the defense is getting the ball very close to where you just had the ball. The Gators last year averaged 26 first downs per game this year, 26 first downs per game. But the big difference again is how we get it done last year, 28% just of the first downs that the Gators got were on the ground. This year, 54% of first downs have come through the ground. That's almost double the amount of first downs just from running the ball. Last year, we also had two penalties giving us first downs. Uh, Defensively, I mean, if you watched any Gator football last year and you watched any Gator football this year, you know that this team in 2021 defensively is significantly improved. Last year, the Gators allowed 170 rushing yards per game on 37.5 yards per carry, which is 4.6, I mean, 37.5 carries, which is 4.6 yards per carry. This year, the Gators held opponents to under three yards per carry on 35 carries under 100 yards per game too like this and last year like we know we've spoken about it a lot last year we had a good secondary that allowed big plays every now and then but we had a defense and a run defense that would consistently allow solid gains this year that's not the case these gators are better than they've been in a very long time specifically defending their run and if you look at the passing defense numbers on pretty much the same amount of attempts i believe it's a two attempt difference, uh, if that, so two attempt per game, passing the ball difference, uh, last year or compared this year to last year, we allow 5% less completion percentage. So opponents are completing 5% less of their passes under 60% this year, uh, almost a whole yard less per attempt, which doesn't sound like a lot, but over the course of the season, allowing one less yard per attempt is pretty much going to be 300 yards if, if I'm doing my math right there, it's probably going to be about 300 yards, which is pretty significant when you're looking at a defense and one whole less passing touchdown per game. That is a huge number there where that adds up a lot over time and that adds up to a lot of points over time. This team, I've been saying it since the offseason and people said I was crazy and I was worried after the first two games um, because, well, we were, we were spotty the first two games with this team is better than last year's team our passing attack yeah worse but our rushing attack exponentially better our rushing attack is insane almost three times better like that that's where we're at like this rushing attack is nothing to be messed with and it is a lot to be feared our passing attack yeah worse. but our rushing attack exponentially better And our defense is better, not just total-wise. I realize that our defense is going to look better because we're running the ball more and because we're holding the ball more. But even on the uh, the averages and the per-whatever metrics, we are performing better than we did last year. So this is a rushing attack that is very good, a defense that is very good, and a passing attack that will hopefully find their way. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it was promising seeing what we could do against Alabama. College football fanatics... Have you heard about PrizePix? If you haven't, you haven't been listening to Lockdown Gators enough, and you should be ashamed of yourself. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of. NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more collegiate football props than anyone in the world, which is college football props, very difficult to find. Offers teams from... Power five conferences and power five schools like Florida and covers mid majors that you may never have heard of. Like you could look at Toledo players on there. Yay! Just saying. then <laughs> and, and that's huge to me, obviously. Toledo Home a Toledo tattoo. You know how I do it. price picks allows mixed sports entries. So you could take the over on LeBron blocks, the under on Mahomes inter on Mahomes interceptions, which you should do in September. He threw his first career September interception last night. So Uh, or two nights ago now, but it's crazy stuff. Don't hesitate. Check out prizefixes.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizeFix is daily fantasy made easy. Need something to do with your stimulus, tax refund, GameStop, Dogecoin, NIL, uh, I don't know, injury settlement case. I don't know what you do. I don't know where you get money. I don't care. Visit rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. I've told you multiple times, I am completely useless using rock auto. I'm like a Tennessee quarterback when it comes to rock auto, when it comes to cars. I'm just terrible, but rock auto, I can actually manage that one. So, you know, I'm happy about it, whether it's brake pads, taillights, or you just want to add hydraulics, fuzzy dice in a mirror, whatever it is, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know exactly who sent you. And by now, you all know how this goes. It's Tape Tuesday. We're going to break down the tape. We're going to take a look at The first play that I'm breaking down is Alabama's touchdown to Jaleel Billingsley, who I hate being like the called-it guy, but, I mean, I, it was expected that he was going to, or not expected, but I, I expected him to make a season debut, and, of course, he did. Uh, so, Bama starts with the receivers stacked on each side. Jaleel Billingsley is on the left. He motions into the H-back kind of spot. Uh, The receiver on the right is Jojo Earl. He motions across the formation and then they snap it as he's motioning. He keeps continuing his motion across. Um, Kair Elam is matched up with John Mechie, but John Mechie does like John Mechie's right here on the far left. He's the only receiver on the left now at this point. And, it doesn't look like he's running a route. Like he just plows into trading and takes trading Dean out of the play completely. Uh it looks like our defense is in cover one with Trevez Johnson being the kind of free man, the free defender. He goes over the middle of the field and he takes over that. Um, but again, I like I don't I don't know for sure because I wasn't a part of the call, but it looks like cover one. Or cover three, but if it's cover three, someone missed their assignment somewhere because Brenton Cox Jr. takes over the flat. And it makes me think it's cover one because of how fast Trey Dean comes flying towards Jaleel Billingsley when he cuts out to the flat. Um, So that's what makes me think it's cover one at this point. Kair is with John Mechie, Trey Dean is with Jaleel Billingsley. Brenton Cox Jr. is with JoJo Earl, who just came across the motion. Jason Marshall Jr. is on the right with Jamison Williams. And Tyron Hopper is the middle linebacker covering Brian Robinson Jr. Overall, I think it's a solid defensive play call. Uh, The execution was fine, but Mechie and Dean colliding opened up where either Jaleel Billingsley or John Mechie were likely scoring as Rashad Torrance, who played the deep safety, was, I mean, I don't want to say slow to react. He just couldn't rotate over in time once he saw that collision. But again, he couldn't anticipate that. So we're going to take a look at this a couple of times and we're going to see what happens. As you see, Julio Billingsley goes in motion. Then Jojo Earl goes in motion. Alabama snaps the ball and then they have them collide right at this point. And Julio Billingsley is wide open. Kyrie has to decide between Julio Billingsley or John Mechie. But again, it's likely that w- that they're going to score either John Mechie or Julio Billingsley. It's just a matter of who Bryce Young throws to. He makes the right read. By hitting Julio Billingsley, which Jair Elam didn't realize the collision, I think, knocked Trey Dean out. And so, K. Jair Elam was sticking with his man on this play. That's what makes me think it was cover one, Trey Dean coming down to Julio Billingsley. This second play that we're going to take a look at is something that I wanted to take a look at because it's very simple. But I wanted to take a look at it because it's something that does not happen to Alabama. Like, that's just not something that you do to Alabama, and we did it to Alabama. So, so that's where I'm at. Where we're going to take a look at this. This is Emory Jones's rushing touchdown. Again, it's something that you don't do to Alabama, but we did it to Alabama. So, when we're looking at this, we see the center left guard combine on that one tackle to double team him, and then we move downfield to pick up the linebacker here. Left tackle, you've got Richard Gorge who. I mean, he pushed the five tech back here. So this five tech is his left defensive end. He pushes him back a bit, but then the five tech sheds and is eventually the guy that does start to bring down Emery Jones. He does bring Emery Jones down, but Emory Jones gets over the line before he gets taken down. So we're going to take a look at this first real quick. And uh, that's essentially how it worked out. Working out the timing on this is very difficult, but that's essentially how it worked out. It was a little weird because this left linebacker right here is actually DeMarco Hellams, who's a safety for Alabama. The right linebacker is Henry Toloto, who I don't know what he was doing. He pretty much just stood there and let the play happen. It was, it was pretty rough to see. Uh, Stuart Reese and Gene Glance, they made enough of a play on the right side here to hold off these both of these uh defensive linemen. As you can see, uh Gene DeLance is the one that kind of keeps with this right defensive tackle as Stuart Reese steps up and holds off this defensive end. The nine who's playing the nine tech at this point kind of slows it down. Nine tech can't get to the right side or uh, can't get to the left side of the field in time, which thankfully was how Emery Jones swore. We're gonna take another look at it again. It's it's QB draw, but it was a very very quick fake on this like emery jones to the right really quick and then just books it up the middle of the field so that's where we're, going. and he does a great job by the way of reading his blocks and getting up there and getting through and the linemen get to the second level and it, it's it's an overall great play for the florida gators here Anybody else make money this weekend? Because I know I did. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I hit Florida covering on my parlay. I didn't hit the parlay in general, I believe, because Coastal Carolina screwed me over, so thanks, buddy. But, yeah, no, (laughs) I also bet money line for Florida, but I didn't include it in my parlay because I was much more confident in covering the spread than I was not winning this game. Michigan State over Miami was also huge for me just because I hate Miami, and I'm glad. That, uh, that Michigan State won, but also Miami sucks, if we're being honest. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code On. That is L-O-C-K-E-D, no space, O-N. Now, you know how it goes. We've got two plays in every segment. And here, we're going to look at a fun one. If you're watching this and you see the play yard, you're probably thinking, what the heck is happening here? Um, it's a fun one. With about 9.30 left in the fourth quarter, the Gators were starting a drive. And on first and 10, this is the play. And I, I chose this play specifically because I love the play design. I love the execution. I, I just love how everything worked out for our gators here. So as you can see, uh we've got motion coming across. I believe it was Trent Whitmore comes across the formation. The safety shuffles down. And just the way that this looks to me is it looks like cover three Mabel. Um, which if you don't know Mabel means that there is three receivers on one side, one receiver on the other, and the defense plays man coverage on the side with the single receiver. And cover three on the side with three receivers. It looks like Mabel to me because of the way that the left corner sticks with Jacob Copeland when he runs across the formation on his in route. Uh, So that's, that's where I'm at where I'm thinking it's cover three Mabel. Again, I don't know the call specifically. I'm reading what I see and I'm going with that. And the corner on the right side doesn't totally go with the post, but he sticks with it for a little bit. So that's where I'm thinking that it's going to be. We're going to take a look at this play now. Um, of course, you've got Jacob Copeland on the left running the in route. You've got uh Keon Zipperer is the tight end here. He does a little block and release with the right edge, and he finds so much space over the middle of the field. This is just a fantastic play. There's a little play fake coming in, and that's where defense bites in hard. You could watch that middle linebacker as he goes, and then you see, the, of course, the play. I don't know how to work it out perfectly timing-wise, but that's how it looks. And you again, you could see this middle linebacker, he comes flying in a bit for the play fake. And then that leaves the middle of the field open a little bit more. Um, again, timing couldn't work out perfectly. I, I do think Emery Jones could have hit Jacob Copeland going a little bit farther than Keon Zipperer did. But I think it was very smart of Emery Jones to take what was there and hope for yards after the catch, which is exactly what happened, by the way, because he took what was there, which was short over the middle of the field. Keon Zipper then ran, and it was a gain of 13 overall, which is a solid gain, first down, uh, as in a us a first down, on first down. So it, it, it was good design, good read, and the yards after the catch, of course, is huge for us. But it was a good design and good read, which is what I love because, you know, that's what we've been talking about with Emory Jones. He's really been struggling with getting the good read and making the good read and making the smart throw. He did that here. He did that a lot in this Alabama game. This was one of Emery Jones' most impressive performances as a gate. I realize he's only had three games as a starter, but it's one of his most impressive performances, especially after that interception, how he reacted to it. I almost said the first interception because I'm used to him throwing two in a game. But after that first interception, and <laughs> there he goes after the interception and how he recovered from it and how he played afterwards was just fantastic. It was a lot of in-game maturity and adjustment for him and i love the way it worked out we're going to look at this one more time we see keon zipper after the motion keon zipper He's locked up with the D end, and then they get the quick little gain and it, it was a very good play very good play design by florida and it, it was just fantastic execution now we're looking at i mean as is tradition at this point, we're looking at the Emory Jones interception, and we're going to see how that plays out. Yay! Can't wait to take a look at it. Uh, I pretty much only included the left side of the field on this because this play was 100% going to the left side of the field, no matter what. Um, so the way I'm looking at it is, we see Rick Walls goes in motion pre-snap. His the safety that's lined up on top of him then rotates over the middle of the field, and another safety rotates down with him. But Rick Wells' motions, and that's what shows man. That rotation shows that it's going to be man defense. Even after the snap, it looks like man defense. We see the outside corner sticks with, uh, I believe it's Naquan right on the bottom of the field that then runs over the middle of the field. And the way, again, Rick Wells goes in motion, the way it looks like man. I If you watch this play, you see Emery Jones. It's kind of just staring at Xavier Henderson, who's running that little corner out. Um, It It kind of looks... Like Emory Jones is just staring at Xavier Henderson on this, which it, it's uh, it, it's a little worrisome. But again, at this point, if it looks like man and you've got someone that's Xavier Henderson's size and skill, I kind of get staring him down I mean, like, he's going to make this play in a 50 50 situation, having faith in him. Uh, I'm not going to kill Emory for the interception because there was immediate pressure to the left side. Drew Sanders demolished Richard Gorge on the little inside move and got to Emory Jones immediately. The ball sailed when Emory Jones forced it to the left side. And I'm not going to kill Emory one because of the pressure, but in a third and long situation, when you're losing to Alabama, you're going to force a putt. Most quarterbacks are going to force the ball here. What I didn't like was that Uh, Drew Sanders was kind of the only Alabama defender that got in immediately and got in again. I say immediately. It was very quick that got in at this point. So I kind of would have wanted Emery Jones to try to extend the play with his legs and then find someone somewhere downfield, but he probably read man, or I think he read man. He was like, this is going to Xavier Henderson, but the hit forced the ball to sail a little bit. So we're going to take a look at this play. You see, that's Rick Wells going in motion you see Naquan Wright coming underneath, and then the hit as the throw, and we're going to play it again, but yeah, I I think that's where we're at, where I think is Emery Redman, and he was like, okay, I am throwing this ball to Xavier Henderson in a man-to-man situation, because he's going to win that ball, again, he's going to win that jump ball against most defenders, but the hit just made it completely uncatchable for Xavier Henderson, it completely took the ball away from the Gators and just went right at the Alabama defender. So I'm not going to kill Emery for making this play um, because it's a very difficult play to make, and it's also just one of those plays where he got hit and it sailed. He, I still think he kind of made the right read. Xavier Henderson had space underneath, a bit of space, not a, not that much space to just force it to him, but he had the size. He had a bit of space underneath. I don't know if he would have gotten the first down had he actually thrown it accurately to Xavier Henderson but we'll play one more time while I'm talking. Um, but that's where we're at, where I think it was a solid read. I just think the rush, the hit made him force that ball, and I I would have rather seen him try to extend the play with his legs instead of forcing that pass. That about does it for today's episode of Lockdown Gators. Join me tomorrow as I'll be giving my predictions for Saturday's game against Tennessee. I know usually that's a Thursday show, but with Wednesday being the crossover. Um But due to our schedules, we're flipping that. So Crossover is going to be Thursday this week. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Lockdown Vols, hosted by Eric Kane, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Eric is a very talented podcaster. He manages to make Tennessee even interesting, which is... Damn near impossible to do, and I cannot wait to record our crossover. Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.